like Columbus, as he's discovering America, they were talking about things coming in and out of the water on, on the Atlantic and not knowing what they were. Um, so, I mean, Christopher, those were dolphins. <laughs> <laughs> that was a fish. <laughs> back to Eclipse on Tap, the podcast where we talk about eclipses of all kinds and space in general. I'm one of the two co-hosts, Matt, and with me on this rainy October, almost said September, evening is my other co-host, David. Welcome, everybody, to Pub 39A once again. We got a, uh, a good little evening in store for you. Uh, evening here. We don't really know when you're going to be listening to this, but uh, it's a good, good evening regardless at the pub. Uh, we got our usual setup here but we have two special guests and we'll we get do. to that in a second here yes we do we have two very special guests the uh the legendary race chaser dad he's been on the podcast a couple times oh and the eldest son of the race chaser nathan the favorite son <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the favorite son so we're here we've got the we've got the quad uh quad setup going on um went out last night purchased a new headphone amp we're ready to rock and roll yep so yep. um First off, we'll introduce the, the beer we're drinking. We'll, we'll have two beers uh, on the podcast, first half and second half like normal. And the, uh, the first one, this one's pretty, pretty cool. Uh, kind of stood out to us at uh, Rishi's, the local, the local beer and wine mm-hmm. shop. Collective Arts Brewing in, I don't even know where, where is this? Um, Wanakee, Wisconsin. Yeah, West Compton. Has a nice... Uh, astronaut that appears to have landed somewhere and crashed his shuttle so yeah let's give this one a crack yeah mm. Mm. it's very mm. highly acclaimed yeah it um has a good aroma good a good uh, hoppy aroma to it for sure it smells but like i gotta finish hops. off my Coors light before i uh, even even can get into that but let me know what it's like there's still that's a little sample pour, yeah. But yeah so this beer, um, interestingly enough, the four pack each can would look different. Mm-hmm. I think that's their thing because you said you had one, right? That I, had- I did. I had one last night. It was called Ransack the Universe, which is a, an India Pale Ale by the same brewery. I like the the, the uh, different micro brews that the, like we've been talking about this the last couple times we've had uh, our space themed beer. Um, a lot of the labeling, they do a good job with a lot of the stuff. Yeah, they it's, do. It's pretty cool. Yeah. So this one looks like there's a an astronaut on what appears to be maybe Mars, the desert of Mars, and there's a space shuttle in the background. It's pretty cool. A little bit trippy. Yeah. Trip- what, you'd, what you'd want. It's trippy, bro. 8.2%. Yeah. It, and, I'll just take and a here, little, you little and I both. Let's here. Cheers. You want to have a... It looks good, though. Ooh, that is good. That's very good. It kind of reminds me of M43. Yeah, I was going to say, it's got a little hazy uh, IPA to it. It's got the haze. The haze. And that's a... <laughs> that is a foamy pour. Yeah. I just foamy pour a, for I the race to, chaser. I had to get a taste. <laughs> but yeah, just it's a delicious. Taste. 
It's a double yeah. dry hopped double IPA. Hold on, I'm, I'm almost done with the Coors Light. Hold on. <laughs> chug, 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 chug. Well, are you a nursing major? Yes, I am. I've been well. I've been told that. Not necessarily, literally, a uh, actual nursing major, but chug, 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 chug. Come on! Oh, come on! Kidding me? This core is light. It's a lot of carbonation. (laughs) A little gassy. Okay, I'm good. All right, I'll have some. All right, so smells good though. It is. It it has a. Apparently, this when I asked the guy at Rishi's, he he went crazy about it said that he um thought it was the best hazy ipa he's ever had so i don't know i guess we'll be the judge yeah it is hazy yeah that's good so So what have you been up to matt so we we have uh you know been enjoying this indian summer i would Mm -hmm. i would call it real fall has hit us up until today it's uh, been a pretty cruddy day uh it was a very long week at work but it was a good last weekend. I was up in Traverse City. Our company was celebrating a big milestone, and we had the lead singer of Journey serenade us with a, a nice uh, evening show. So it was, it was a lot of fun. I mean, it was it was super you cool. Get, you had a comedian, too. We had Tom Papa, yeah. which was like, that blew my mind. There was a lot of speculation. It was like, it, he, he listed six comedians. He said it's either going to be Tom Papa, Jim Gaffigan, Tim Allen... Um, he had a few others on there that I, that I didn't quite recognize by name. And we all kind of thought it was Jim Gaffigan because he had a show in Ann Arbor the night before. And so I talked to, to my boss, and he's like, yeah, yeah, you, you heard he has a show in Ann Arbor. And so I'm thinking that's who it is. And then we're like, it's got to be Tim Allen, though. Tim Allen's a Michigander. This is a Michigan company. It just makes sense. But then Tom Papa came out, who's a big name, and he was hilarious. Mm-hmm. Just the right amount of, like, edgy and mildly inappropriate but still appropriate for a corporate event and he's a big name too yeah yeah. he does he does rogan all the time doesn't he he's a good he's very good friends with rogan yeah yeah Yeah. he's a funny dude um his like signature you know like gaffigan's signature thing is he's got that little voice that he uses for like the audience Mm -hmm. that little like high-pitched voice tom papa's thing is he'll come on stage and he'll like he said so you guys hit your milestone you hit your goal good for you good for you like and he just keeps that's like his thing like his little moniker that he it's it, he was really good it was i was very impressed so it was a good time but yeah um, but yeah good weather up there yeah it was a good time yeah fall in uh, northern michigan is it's hard to beat yeah definitely hard to beat we, we uh unfortunately i think this next week is gonna veer us into the the coldness the the overcast skies for the next like five years you're gonna it say feels it, like it's gonna suck yeah it's gonna suck but <laughs> it's gonna suck um we have uh we have we've always got next year to look forward to so that's always good but yeah. um no i've been working that's about it working like just a working dog. working like a dog so but yeah um no no uh no trips last weekend just uh just a trip on the mountain bike through the woods at my local woods and it was a lot of fun but that's about Nathan it. Nathan should talk a little bit about this trail. The underground? Yeah. Yeah. As the commissioner of the trail. <laughs> the unofficial. The unofficial yeah. official commissioner. Yeah, we got a little uh, plot of land that uh, we call it the underground because it's it's not an official designated trail, but it's, I don't know, what do you think, two miles around <laughs> or so? Yeah, it's like, about, I think about a mile, mile and a half. Yeah, a mile and a half. Yeah. Uh, so, um, 
otherwise we've got to drive you know 25 minutes to get to a decent trail so we uh we started working on this kind of over the last couple of years and just maintaining it and it's kind of become our spot you know after work or whatever to mm-hmm. go shred a little bit yeah. and we, we put in a couple of new uh features there and um just it's it's convenient you know you get out the out, right out your back door my back door and get onto some mountain biking trails rather than uh, having to load everything up and yeah, out of town. It's pretty gnarly. Yeah. yeah. Pretty gnar. You can shred the gnar pretty hard. The nice thing is that it's like nobody really knows about it if you're just like a just normal person. Like it's not like an actual park or anything like right. that. There's, there's no sign out front. So you pretty much... I did order signs for it. Oh, did you? Did okay. you really? Well, there's yeah, going to be a sign for it then. Well, because <laughs> Haas was uh, complaining that there was no directional signals oh, so yeah. I, I did order up a hundred pack of direct a listener a, a listener oh, okay. of the podcast yeah. well shout out to haas but shout out to haas he doesn't yeah. know what direction he's going when he's in the underground well he hit a tree last <laughs> night so <laughs> but i've hit many trees in my day so. his, his shoulder yeah. was pretty guarded. <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah to see what the tree looked like yeah, yeah exactly but hey maybe it uh, yeah took one out that we didn't need so yeah cleared the trail power to him but yeah i think uh I think it's a good little trail, good little park right behind the neighborhood. No one knows about it. It's evolving. It's kind of it like is. it's kind of like a Fight Club kind of thing, where and it's like you know, no one knows about it, no one talks about it, but it's there. Yeah. And it's a good little trail system that isn't frequently traveled, so that kind of little. I think it plays to the negative side a little bit because it's just a lot of overgrown stuff. So it's not. It's not like one of the uh, local, local actual legit. You know, this, you know, is like Luton Park or something like that, where it's, this is the trail, yeah, and it's a park, a city park or whatever, it, or a state park or something like that, right? where it's maintained all the time. So this is kind of one of those deals where we have to go in there and do all the work, but it makes it cool because we can do whatever the hell we want with it. So yep. it's, it's still yeah. quite innocent. It hasn't been road hard and put up wet yet. <laughs> exactly. It's a, it is something that um, is the... I mean, even myself, I, I still, I live three miles away from it, but I can still ride the sidewalk right up to it, hit the trail, come back home, one hour, boom, done. Yeah. So, so yeah, that's, uh, yeah. that's pretty much our fall. That's, that's been our life, really. It's pretty much last... fall in Michigan. Like, that, that's like, kind of the highlight. Yeah. Basically go yeah. over there, yeah. ride hard for like an hour, and then go back to one of our houses and drink beer. We're yeah. sorry, folks. This is all we got to report on in the last couple of weeks, but. <laughs> and thank you for listening to episode 26. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> episode 26. That is and, crazy, though. Episode yeah. 26. 26. The big 2-6. I remember when I turned 26. I do, too. wasn't that exciting. But I think this is a good segue into what we want to talk about tonight. Yes. Um, and we'll have a little bit of a break, and we'll bring out a really cool beer that the Race Chaser picked up for us. But we, as you know, if you listened to episode 25, <clears throat> we wanted to talk about the, top, the hot topic of UFOs. Um, and we're kind of sort of piggybacking off our own podcast and also that topic and also correction uh, we're daisy chaining we're daisy chaining (laughs) we're daisy chaining (laughs) off of our own podcast to talk about UFOs again this week or this month indeed and this is uh, arguably a more credible source yeah Arguably. Sorry to so, all the Bob Lazar fans, but yeah. I think this is... So we, that's yeah. why they brought me in. <laughs> <laughs> so we, uh, we're talking about the UFO phenomena. 
phenomenon. Yeah, that has been happening. But really, the biggest the, the the news. I mean, this has been this stuff has been out for a while. I mean, it's been out for a long time, but no one's really talked about it until Joe Rogan. Until Joe about Rogan it. did. So now we're like, we're like, hey, that's a good thing to talk about because yeah. the obviously he's got the biggest podcast out there, and he actually brought a very legit source into his studio and talked about it and we listened to it obviously and we've been talking about the last couple of days and we were like hey we need to cover this a little bit more maybe there's a little bit more to the story another story to bring into the whole fold here that we we talked about from last month yeah so i think it's a great opportunity to get like a little forum like we have here and kind of talk about our opinions of the of the events that were um kind of recited back by this guy commander fravor this uh, navy pilot of uh, 24 years who uh, chased down a ufo so it's called the tic tac incident and uh, many of you have heard of it and uh, it's it's one of the most credible at least the u.s government has backed it by saying we really we really don't know what this is and uh, we realize that it's real it was taken from one of our actual jets and we're investigating it. So it's like the perfect topic, I think. If you're going to talk about aliens, UFOs, is this Russia, China, whatever, it's the perfect one because it's the most credible. So the backstory of it, uh, and you can, I mean, shout out to Joe Rogan, best podcast out there. I mean, he, he does a great job of getting this guy on and this dude tells his entire story. But the long story short is that um, they were on this training mission. They come across this unidentified object, this little tic-tac-shaped, 40-foot-long uh, object going around at these unbelievable speeds and turning at unbelievable angles and things like that, just jetting around over this disturbance in the water. And then he goes down and, in his jet and takes a look at it. It comes up at him, jamming his radar. The guy gets it in his cameras and the back the back seater essentially gets it in his cameras and the thing flies away so first off do we think it's real open open so, table so honestly if something like that the first thing that struck me when i was listening to that just a few minutes ago was what if this thing is just some kind of really high-tech hologram that is being you know put out there by a government and speaking of you know getting into all these conspiracies what if this is a hologram because he said it disappeared from in front of him and appeared 30 or 40 miles away in an instant 60 miles away yeah, yeah. So, yeah. like within 30 seconds or something like that but they are picking it up on radar so that kind of lends itself to not being a hologram yeah they're picking it up on the aegis radar which is the uss um princeton the marine the cruiser has like the most insane radar and it was picking it up in the in, in as he admitted in the pod, or in the podcast with Joe Rogan two weeks in advance the the uh, people on that ship were picking it up throughout that entire period shout out to the Princeton one of my co-workers served on the Princeton it's a shout out it's a beauty of a ship shout out to you whoever man you are. on the Princeton <laughs> um we won't, we won't name names. There's yeah. another, there's another <laughs> story behind uh, all the whole the whole UFO thing that uh, I won't name a name on that one either. Is it the same gentleman? No, no. Okay. Because I was going to say, if it was this guy on the Princeton talking about little Tic Tac-shaped things flying into the water, then we've got some corroborating ev- evidence here. But. Yeah. So, I guess, to start this whole thing off. So, 
this guy was mentioned in the Bob Lazar podcast, which we talked about last month. Um, yeah. So Commander Fravor was actually mentioned in this whole thing briefly. I mean, they, they had his his insta- incidents kind of like outlined and what happened and all that kind of stuff, but the main focus was the Bob Lazar stuff. Yeah. So all of a sudden, I didn't even know these, this was going to happen, but ends up going on Joe Rogan's podcast, talks about it, and it's 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 very, I mean, it gets definitely, it's very detailed, and it's just listening to the guy, you can tell, he knows what he's talking about, and obviously he spent how many years in yeah, the Navy? Four years, yeah. Um, that's what makes it really believable to me that he saw something like that. But I start to think, well, you know, like, I think people who want to believe that it is a UFO and that it is a, an alien, quote-unquote, from another, you know, another planet or something like that, another galaxy, they will want to believe that so bad that they'll just just go straight to that, that it's an alien. But you never know. Like, I also think, and I've talked about this with you this week, mm-hmm. that with Nathan too yeah, we had a chat after, Wednesday. We, after we were done riding and we were doing our you know usual drinking at the underground riding. at the underground shout out trail coordinator trail coordinator um, <laughs> but we got you know throughout, throughout the week we were talking about it and you know you never know there could be even though this is the evidence and the way this vehicle was moving doesn't necessarily mean that you know, obviously you know we don't have it that technology that technology is not known but it could somebody could have it and it's just a secret and they're just you know there could be a country that has it there could be somebody here on earth that has that technology and it's not even known so i also think about that i i don't believe that as much i believe it could be something totally freaking crazy that we don't don't even know about it could be an alien but well that's like what i was saying and this is just open like is it, if it was known that that was Russian, Chinese, whatever technology, me personally, I find that, I honestly think that's scarier yeah. than if it was otherworldly. Oh, it's horrifying. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> so, I don't know. That would be a little scary, yeah. UFO theorists believe. <laughs> could it be? Like, if it was Russia? like that. It be- could have just been the History Channel. Actually, you know, you, you look at, you, know, you guys are talking about theories and all that kind of thing. Theories that have come out is, is it from our future, time travelers coming back to look and see, hey, what's going on in the year 2019? No, no, no. Brings up it. an interesting Just point. <laughs> <clears throat> it is an interesting point. Well, there, there, the, there is a theory that we are basically a um, simulation or a Petri dish that they, they've brought us here to observe us and watch and see how we evolve and you know what kind of like how we yeah just how we evolve and what kind of uh civilization we we develop and and that is a a legitimate theory among some conspiracy theorists the simulation infighting you know the different races the different cultures and the whole thing yeah Yeah. and like we were saying the other night like if that was the case can you imagine them looking down at us thinking what did, they're arguing about the dumbest stuff. Yeah. Like, yeah. Just, like well, and, and they're creating borders and, yeah. <laughs> and exporting that, people. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, you could look at it like you look at like bees or something like that. And it's like they just, you know, 
and I think Joe Rogan has mentioned this on his podcast, where it's like, we observe bees, and they're just, their goal is just to make a hive. Yeah. And they just, they make a hive, and it's crazy how a little bee can make a hive like that. But what if someone's looking at us, and like, what we do, and we don't even know that we're doing it, but we just make stuff, and we work, and we yeah. just make stuff, and we work, and we poop, and we pee, and we have sex and we die <laughs> but you have kids in the meantime yeah that's uh, that's our hive though well the earth is our try is not hive. to have kids but <laughs> but like i think i think like what if what if somebody's like looking at us like going just observing us like you were saying like it, we could just be some kind of like experiment or something like that or this yeah. could be some kind of simulation where like it, you know obviously like every living thing has something that it just does Right. And our thing is just like, you know, making stuff, making stuff better, just coming out with new, better stuff. And we just work. It's traffic jam on the highway every morning. Like, it's just, that's all we do repeatedly every day until we die. Just like ants. It's like, that's all we do. Traffic jams. I was just going to say, you you get the ants, and they are going to fight their colony against another colony and that kind of thing, which you totally see on the earth. You've got cultures fighting cultures and races fighting races, and it's just one of those things where you go, hmm, maybe there's something to that. Yeah, it is an interesting theory. And, um, like, Elon Musk has touched a lot on, on the simulation theory. Like, the thing that's crazy about it is there's just like any like anything when any of these theories when you think about it objectively there's no evidence to disprove it mm-hmm. like we don't know anything like no one knows anything about anything yeah when it really comes to like the universe and we we're talking about this on Wednesday too just the you know you see the the graphs that astrophysicists make of the big bang and then there's early stars that kind of the dark ages of the universe and then it goes into early stars and then galaxies it's like that that seeing that graph is mind blowing because if you think about what came before the Big Bang, it hurts your head. Like yeah. you're not meant to comprehend that. It's, no. it's just something that's not that built into your one brain. Of the, one of the things I used to think about when I was a little kid: where's the sky go? Yeah. You know, if there's a wall out there somewhere, what's on the other side of the wall? How thick is the wall? You know, how, where's it go? Yeah. Like, you can't even grasp infinity. No. It's wild. I mean, you, you, the known universe is finite. However, what's outside the universe? Yeah, where's the universe expanding? It's infinite. How do yeah. you do that? Yeah. It's a, it's a wild thing to think about. It's one of those things like when you're laying down for bed, it really hurts your brain. Like it racks your brain. Yeah. And, and so getting back to the tic tac thing, what's y'all's opinion? I honestly, I when I watched that podcast, it was it was crazy. Just like what we got yeah. going out there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, we got some uh, fire. Is it is the football game? Is the football field on fire out there? Well, it's raining, so it'll it'll be fine. We but got lightning bolts striking down. I think the craziest thing that to the whole story is, I mean, okay, yeah, they see a a blip. I mean, they've been seeing these things for weeks. Is what the the navy was saying is right. that they've been tracking these things and this. They've admitted but, to seeing them for weeks. Yes. Correct. Well, but on, on that topic, like this goes back, and I think Rogan talked up talked about it with um, Fravor on his podcast. Is that like Columbus, as he's discovering America, they were talking about things coming in and out of the water on on the Atlantic and not knowing what they were. Um, so I mean, <laughs> Christopher, those were dolphins. <laughs> <laughs> 
That no. was a fish. <laughs> <laughs> no, but he did talk about it. He yeah. said he saw lights in the sky and all. There's yeah. like, back in the 1400s, they saw stuff. Well, that, that just brings up the whole like uh, arg- or not argument, but like conversation of all right, we're developed to this um, this sophistication of of our being, and if there's other civilizations, are they developed a hundred years beyond us or ten thousand years beyond us, or are they? Prehistorically, you know, is it dinosaurs on other planets, that kind of thing. So, I, I mean, for me, I believe uh, I believe Lazar and Fravor. I think that that there are ships here. My biggest question is, how do we get them? If if Lazar is honest in what he's saying, how the hell did we trap those things? And if he's saying we have nine of them, yeah. I mean, that's that's freaking huge. Well, I mean, I think, I, like, yeah. You know, the, the idea of, like, uh, Fravor saying, you know, we saw him on cam- or on radar and, and uh, we tried to chase it and we, we saw what it did. But that's one thing. Capturing it or nine of them is, is like, that's where I'm a little bit, like, scratch my head. Like, I, I, don't know, I don't know what to make of that. He did mention that one of them had on the, the saucer part of it had a hole through it. Mm. So it kind of begs the question, like, did, did we shoot, shoot it down? Did we shoot yeah. it down? It was like anti-aircraft gun or something from World War II. Yeah. Yeah. Just shot that thing down. He, he also said some of them were um, potentially part of a like a archaeological dig. Right. Yeah. Or something so that, like yeah. that. So I don't know if there was something where maybe back in the day... Ancient aliens. Some of them had, had crashed or something like that, and they ended up um, you know, digging them up somehow or finding them. But you, then you kind of think, okay, well, why haven't we found more, you know... I guess it depends on how long ago they were here. I mean, it takes a long time to find a dinosaur in the ground. So if those things were here before that or even during the dinosaurs or something along those lines, I don't want to sound like a freaking, you know, Maybe they kook, caused the, uh, the Ice Age. They, they could have. They, they could have. But <laughs> it, it, it's, like, yeah, no. it's kind of I mean, like when you, when you look at the, um, the Tic Tac thing, the Tic Tac incident. You have this, this, uh, this fleet of Navy and, and Marine... Um, military presence and off the coast of san diego they're tracking these things for two weeks they send these jets down there they get video of it whatever they've had some video of it on the east coast the go fast video and the gimbal video or other incidences that they talked about but my question is and maybe this is just classified and they're just doing this all behind the scenes is like why wouldn't we be still if they're finding it right there off the coast of san diego like why aren't they still over there like all the time because you you think like our military if anything flies into a no-fly zone of any kind we're like on it like you know you scramble freaking jets. a pig on shit like it's just like it's all hands on deck i mean i'm not in the military but i would i i just based on common knowledge that's just yeah what we do like if something fly it's something we don't know what it is and it flies into a zone that we don't want them to fly in it like we're on it you figure that our military is finding these things out in the ocean and they're going from 80,000 feet down to 20,000 feet just straight into the water and vice versa, you would think that might raise a couple red flags and they'd be something, I mean, I'm assuming, I can only assume that there's some some part of the military that Still, are focused on it, yeah. you would have to think. Because this happened back with uh, Commander Fravor, it was in 2004. Yeah, yeah. So 2004. You would have to think that there's some... <clears throat> Somebody, I mean, maybe not like the main branch of the military, maybe not like just that 
that we just stationed the Navy out there to go catch these ships that are flying in the sky. But it's probably somebody, another division of the military that are tracking and doing doing things with it. And there, there's probably a lot of stuff that, you know, we don't know Yeah, that's going. I mean, there's plenty of stuff. I just You just know that right off the bat. There's plenty of stuff going on that well, we don't know. That's the whole, like, Lazar thing is, like, you know, they they basically erased his existence from ever having worked in the the Area Fifty One and and completely eliminated any record of him ever having been there. The only way that they they proved that he actually worked there was an old phone book. I mean, so these are you're not talking about like uh, you know known government officials or known government uh, organizations. This is this is like black black ops like. Crazy. Like Ben Black, you know. Yeah, yeah. Ancient astronauts theorists believe. What if they're just drones? So these are launched from some planet a hundred thousand light years away, the other side of the galaxy. And they Hoth. just send out a hundred thousand of these things to find life or a habitable planet. And this one just happened to have nine of them that made it to Earth. Right. You know, so are these things manned or call it manned, whatever the heck that would be living in them? Yeah. Or are they just drones that come here and define places for them to go with their race? And that, that's one, there's like this, the one of the more kind of off the wall theories about, so when Commander Fravor is describing his experience, he's 20,000 feet flying in the jet. The first thing he sees is this big cross-shaped disturbance in the water, right? He specifically said it was cross-shaped. And there's some theorists out there that say, you know, he went down a little bit, he saw this little tic-tac thing flying, observing this disturbance in the water. They, they, they were saying, well, what if that was a whale, like, breaching? And that these things are, like, tracking, like, migration of whales and stuff. It, I mean, like anything, if you're thinking about it objectively, any subjective opinion, you always have a bias. But objectively, there's no way to disprove that that's what it was doing. He yeah. said they went back to find the disturbance and it was gone. What if it, what if it was a whale that just was, like, it, it, it's wild. And, and that, actually, if you're thinking about it that way, if it's drones or something, whether manned or unmanned, from some distant other life planet, um, it would make sense that they'd be and, looking at stuff like that. And what they say about the Earth is, you know, we haven't even discovered half, not even a quarter of what's in the ocean. Yeah, they say and, 75% is yeah, still... Yeah, 75% we haven't even looked at. Right. And we're out trying to find out what's on Mars, you know. So yep. they're saying, what if these things are going down into the sea and they're going to go back up into space? Yeah. Because most of what's on the Earth is actually under the sea. Mm-hmm. Well, they talked about that with with Lazar's interview too, where the whole system behind the ship that he worked on is this anti gravity uh, propulsion system. So the the theory being that it creates its own gravity, and that's how it propels itself through space, which would also mean that it also could travel into the ocean without resistance or you know, through atmospheres, through, and I don't, I don't totally understand the whole like space time thing when they talk about these ships where, you know, you, you would basically like bend time because you've got, I, I don't, I don't understand how that all works, but um, the idea of them being able to like submerge, inhabit the oceans, I mean, that, that's, yeah. we, we could be living with them right now. Yeah, that's what <laughs> I they were saying. Know that. It. Like in the the Tic Tac story, kind of is corroborating with Lazar because Lazar was saying they were studying these 
gravity amplifiers. It was just, that's how they propelled, propelled themselves to the air, is they made their own little gravity. Yeah. So these Navy guys are seeing these things coming down from 80,000 feet, coming straight down through the ocean, no splash or anything. Well, that makes sense. Like, there's, yeah. it's it's in its own little bubble. Didn't they say they 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 saw or they observed one doing like fifty knots on five hundred or five hundred? Yeah. So there was so that was the yeah. thing that he Fravor didn't talk about this on the podcast, but there was um, the aircraft carrier that he was referencing over and over again, the USS Princeton, and then there was a submarine with them too. And the submarine was tracking these things in weeks in advance at five hundred knots, just like zipping around. It's like, it's it's crazy. It's wild. I mean, it, and the, and then in the air they were tracking him at over a thousand knots. Hmm. So, and that was clear in the in the image that the um, the weapons specialist in the back seat of the jet, he took this video. That thing moves out of the frame like within a second, and that frame is near. I mean, like that that thing was going fast. They mm-hmm. they were estimating upwards of fifteen to twenty thousand miles an hour. So when well, they picked it up sixty miles away. Within 30, thirty seconds, yeah, thirty seconds. So it's it's crazy. It is a yeah. a very strange. And then the fact that you have on the East Coast, the there's one the the video called Go Fast is what they've called it. Um, similar scenario. There's a, a jet flying, and the the backseater picks up this thing. Looks just the same. It's a little tic tac shaped forty foot vessel, just flying across the surface of the ocean. I've just, seen that one. Yeah, and it's yeah. tracking it like right on. And the you know uh, the people that debunk it are like, oh it was a bird it was but it it doesn't look like a bird it looks like a tic tac it looks like a tic tac <laughs> well the odd thing and I guess that goes to the whole like anti gravity or propulsion system is that you would think these things uh, and Fravor talked about this too like you would think that these things travel uh, you know aerodynamically what we think of but they actually from what they're saying they go on end so it's it's probably the most drag but i guess if you have like an anti-gravity system you're basically creating a bubble around yourself you don't give a shit if you got anti-gravity no. the gimbal that's you the gimbal. got you got no resistance make it look like barney flying through the sky i don't give a shit that was the that, that was the gimbal story right the where, where it was a gimbal they, they actually yeah. see it turn like yeah they have it on a jet and they think that was a different type of craft yeah and that's also the crazy thing is that if you're the if like if you're like oh well the tic tac thing that's clearly that's Russia or China or whatever. Like somebody has this technology, but then you see the gimbal video and it's still military corroborated evidence, and it's saying this thing flips up on its edge and pushes. It looks mm-hmm. totally different. Yeah, it's dynamic. It's got moving parts and stuff. It's like yeah, changing well, changing yeah. its magnetic field to move in that particular direction. Yeah. Maybe yeah. And then one of the yeah obviously like one of the theories of like the black holes and all that kind of stuff is that it obviously. Sorry. Creates its own gravity. Did you just uh, crap dust me? No, I was just talking thinking black holes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, um, I thought I smelled something. A sulfur then, deposit? Yeah. You smelled black hole. Yeah, I, sm- I smelled black hole. Um, no, but based on, like, so for the black hole theory where it, like, obviously it's bending time and bending whatever gravity and all that kind of stuff, but... You would think, like, if you have some, a vehicle like that that can fly through an atmosphere or through space and it's generating its own gravity, then it, it could then, in theory, you know, bend time or something like that, yeah. you Definitely. know, along those lines. So, And it really you know, doesn't need a fuel source if, if what Lazar says is true, that element 115 is just this ongoing magnetic field that it creates. 
I mean, there, there is no exhaust. There is, no, you know, you could theoretically travel forever and not need to refuel. So, yeah, it's like it, they say, like, so long as you don't let that element collapse. So if it doesn't hit, it's, it has a super short half-life, like within seconds. So that thing can, if you keep it in, well, but, in air, it degrades. But Well, I, th- I thought that the Element 115 that he claimed that he saw or that he worked with was a stable version of it. It may, it may have been. Because they've recreated it on, on Earth. Yeah. yeah, in Sweden. Um, and it, like you said, it lasts like seconds yeah. and then disintegrates. It goes away. Yeah. Yeah. It event, it's like element 115 is, if you look at the periodic table, you have the lightest gases at the top. Hydrogen and you know nitrogen at the bottom is extremely heavy elements. And 115 is th- down there at the bottom. So you have 115 is created. They shot like calcium ions at another element and they formed this thing. And it lasted, the half-life was immediate, it decayed right away, it decayed immediately into 113. And then two minutes later, it decayed into 90. It's just like constantly destabilizing into a less heavy element. Mm. So, But if it, if it exists naturally in some other world... Yeah, and they have a way to stabilize it. Yeah. There, there's a, you could stabilize a heavy element like that under certain environmental circumstances. Yeah. If it was contained in maybe some sort of, I don't know, like electrical field or gravitational field it's it's wild like and if you have an element like that the theory is like you said it, it doesn't exhaust itself it's just you put it you put the little thing in there and yeah. away it goes away it goes although one of your former uh, cycling uh teammates would be a good guy to talk to about that a physics guy uh first greg. name first name greg yep yeah he would be a, a good interview for you guys uh, yeah he's worked on some pretty amazing projects like collider and all that kind of thing oh, so yeah the mm. collider that's where the, i think that that was the general vicinity in which they formed this yeah. uh, element yeah. he actually worked on that oh. so no gas station stops though with an <laughs> element like that i'd i'd have a hard time yeah that's it yeah, <laughs> unless they have a built-in uh, bring a portage on yeah all right that's that's a legitimate question <laughs> if you're traveling like a hundred light years across different solar systems, galaxies, whatever it is, how are the, if it's a manned ship, how are they surviving? Like, you can't grow your own food on these tiny little ships. Brings back the drone question. Yeah. Because that was the whole thing on the podcast with Rogan, is they're saying, like, if you think about, like, the, in the 1950s when the there was that couple, Betsy... Betty and, Betty and Barney. Yeah, yep. that got abducted, and yep. they said it was from Zeta Reticula. They like she said she saw the star map when she was on the ship and stuff, and that Zeta Reticula solar system is like light years and light years away. But they're saying these Tic Tacs move at twenty thousand miles an hour. It doesn't matter if you're going that fast; it's going to take you lifetimes, lifetimes to get to where they're saying. So it's not. It's it's just one of those things. Like, is there like you said when you're bending the gravity and you're making your own field and all this? Are you bending time and you? It's traveling time. Yeah, we don't know. We just brief, don't know. Brief history of time. Yeah, talking. we just don't know. We don't know. But uh, I think my glass is about empty, so this could be a good and place my for head a break. Hurts. So yeah, we're racking our brains and we're drinking beers. And um, David's David's worried about getting uh, glass marks on his table, so uh, I just wonder if there's a pocket knife around I can carve my initials in. It is a pub. I mean, what the hell? All the guests of the podcast carve their name. <laughs> <laughs> but so yeah, with that we'll, we'll fill up. Uh, we'll be. Uh, what's that? What do we call our break? Hey, I ain't got, I ain't got no beer. 
Ain't, ain't got no beer. Ain't got no beer. So so that's the uh, that's the break. We'll be yep. back with you in a few minutes. And we'll continue well, discussing. With some very special beer. Very, very special, special beer. beer. Very rare. Kind of like me. Limited. I'm very special. Yeah. This Limited. Is a, this is a uh, 2011 edition. Vintage. It's like wine. Yeah. This is like fine wine. It is. So we'll be back with you in a second. Like Cheers. a tic-tac. Like a tic-tac. Cheers. back from the break folks we are now refilled on our beers we no longer ain't got no beer we, we that that's the goal we got plenty of beer and that's the goal of the break in fact we have a very special beer and for those that did not tune in to the instagram live race chaser could you give us a quick synopsis of this beer this is a 2011 fuller's uh vintage ale and it uh, they they bottle it every year this happens to be 2011 which they say was a very good year Oh, it, was they, the, it was the royal wedding. Oh, I didn't think of that. Yeah. Which royal wedding? I don't know what the hell you're talking about. <laughs> uh, who's the older son? William? Yeah. William. Kate. And Kate? And Kate. Yeah. yeah. So anyway. Uh, Food for they, thought. They, they, they do it. Uh, they uh, brew it. They made 150,000 bottles. Goes into a brown bottle. Goes into a kind of a burgundy red box. And it ages. They say on the box that in 2014 you could open it and it would be a very very tasty beer however it also says if you let it age a little longer it gets that much better so we're uh, twice that uh, amount of time in and uh, i i would agree it tastes pretty good i have a question did they have more bottles they did where not where, okay. where i won't divulge where i got this however okay. i do know where nathaniel shops for his pandaren welsh whiskey they have some in stock. Ooh. 2011. Noted. I don't know about the 2011. Okay. I do know they have it in stock. Okay. I will say that when I uh, was working at, I worked at like a, a beer and wine store, and every, every year that Fuller's released this, it sold out right away. Okay. So it was a very lucky find, I think, to find the two bottles that, that you found. And I found it, uh, actually, speaking going back into the podcast earlier, I found it because my coworker, who was serving on the Princeton, was in the beverage store that I buy my beverages, and he says, hey, I found this beer that is supposed to be really good. There was four bottles he bought two. So I thought, well, if you bought two, I'll go buy the other two. So it's all has, interconnected. Exactly. This gentleman was on the Princeton. And the Princeton is where they saw the Tic Tac. And he went in looking it's for... It's a simulation. He went in looking for Pandaren, but uh, when he went in and bought the two bottles of the uh, Fuller's Vintage Ale, there happened to be a bottle behind the counter for me. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so I went in and got the two bottles that he didn't buy and a bottle of Pandaren. Boom. It's very good. Yeah. And it, it, uh, it, so it this, hits a little, a little bit different. The, the second half here <laughs> the shit is, hits is brought to you by beer. Yes. And um, if you don't mind, sir... Could you yeah. crack that? Yeah, I was mic, actually please? going to do that. I need that. And just just before I do this, this is a Coors Light, one of my favorites. <laughs> just Ooh. as a chaser. 
Can you hear it bubble? Yeah, it's uh, it's, it's kind of like listening to Rice really, Krispies. There's really nothing like a Coors Light, and I get really nostalgic with Coors Light because this is the beer I was drinking during the when I was eclipse. 14. Uh, and it was the, and, the yeah, beer you were drinking during, during the U.S. Grand Prix that I let you sneak through your brain. During my first day of puberty, I drank a Coors Light, and it's very nostalgic. <laughs> <laughs> it was the beer we were drinking at 9 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Bought, by, uh, bought from Dick's Drive-In Bar in Hopkinsville, Kentucky. I, I Shout out. Was, was it Coors Light that I gave you at the USGP the first time you came? It was, that was definitely like... It was that was Bush Light. or... Something like it was, that. But it was yeah. Coors Light. Bush. Yeah. 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 Bush. And I, I told you if your brother had one, it better be in a cup, and I better not know that it's a. Which a I want to see. I don't think they have it, but there is a, um, there's a Bush Light that is has Harvick. Yeah. From yeah. Kevin Harvick on, but I don't know where you can get it. Kevin Harvick has been because we are NASCAR fans here. He's been such a good driver for them that they literally replaced the Bush with his last name. So it's the same exact label. It's pretty cool. Yeah. They also made a, a selection of cans. It was, I think, early last year that all of the aluminum from the cans of that batch of Bush, uh, I think it was Bush Light, yeah. was made from his car. Made, like, literally from the sheet metal out of his car. Oh, cool. They recycled it, and they made it into cans. So, pretty cool. Um, so, the Coors Light, I think, complements this very vintage, very dark, malty, speaking tasty of, beer. Speaking of that, Matt. Oh shit! You, oh, I had to open one. I thought I thought you didn't. Oh, okay, I didn't know you had one there that wasn't open. Is right. there a better sound? No, there 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 truly is not a better sound than cracking a beer. I, it it's just it's the one thing that when you grow old or when you grow young or both, you just you get done with the day and you're like, I want to crack a beer. Yeah, that's what you want. It it's a good. It's just uh, it's what brings it obviously brings us together. This is kind of a, a re, uh, I guess a, a round table, similar to what we've done at NASCAR, uh, where we have people around the table, in the camper talking, talking about space, talking about you know what, sharing their thoughts on space exploration. It it it's one of those beverages you just have to have when you're talking about aliens, space. Tonight specifically, it's got got to do with aliens and UFOs. But yeah, yeah. It's just a good beer, Coors Light. I love it. It's a class. Cheers to you, Coors Light. So, getting, when, so when you guys are bowling, what is the beer that the green pin is? is Miller High Life. Oh, yeah. okay. All right. The, the league is sponsored by Miller High Life. I got so, you. So if, if you get a pin, so they, they mix a bunch of green pins into the back, and the bowling alley, uh, most bowling alleys work, with, it's like a big hopper. And so when they set the pins, it's just randomly grabbing pins. If it happens to grab the green pin on the head pin, the number one pin, and you strike on that, then you get a free Miller High Life, gotcha. which is pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah. And it's, uh, yeah, it's a fun league. So we're, right now we're in week five? Week five? Entering yeah, week six? So this is a 20, 20-week bowling league. 20-week bowling league. We are five weeks in, so we're halfway through the first round. And we are in middle yeah. of the pack, kind of third, fourth place. Sec- tied for second, technically, but as far as pins knocked down. Based on our handicap. Because you- let's be real, I'm probably the worst on the team. And I'm actually wait, helping Wait, us. wait, wait, wait. And you do get beat by you, little old Polish ladies. We haven't played them you, yet. You oh, Julia? Uh, last time she played, yes. 
Yeah. So Julia is no longer. Julia uh, has been relegated. I love you, Julia, but for real. Uh, our new member is Ross. First name Ross. Ross the boss. Yes, last name Boss. He, uh, he and he, he he's he's doing well. Yeah, I, I start to heat up towards week eighteen. Is when I really come <laughs> into play. Um, when when uh, you know the uh, handicap starts to wear off a little bit and it really comes down to game time. Uh, that's when I really start to hone in on my skills. So you anchor uh, with the team uh, rolling going. balls down a lane. You know, our anchor is all... Walter, which is our our friend Jeff. Yeah, yeah. his yeah. alias is Walter, and he he can he can smack him. He, he can, can smack him. He he, throw, he throws a straight shot, no curve, no nothing, just right down the middle. The advantage of that is he can rip it and it's... it hits the pins hard. But the disadvantage is if you don't have any of that angular momentum with the hook. You get a lot of bad breaks, so he does, gets a lot of splits. Yeah. Does he bring yeah. his own balls? No, he doesn't. I bring mine. He own. doesn't bring his balls. David and I are the only two on the team that have our own balls. We, we're the only two. We're, we're, we're the only two that bring two balls to the game. In fact, I actually need to clean my balls this weekend. Yeah. I do. Yeah. Because they get kind of oily. One one night at. There's I mean, an oil. And, and it's 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 a really. I mean. It's it's let's be real. It's a dry lane over at Wangers. Yeah, it is. It's a dry. Dry lanes are terrible. Yeah, they are. When you get your balls on dry lanes, it's just iffy because there's it's less forgiving. Well, because if you it's have very unforgiving. If you, if you have a ball that has a core, and you go and you hook it, that ball fucking go. Excuse oh, my you, language. Oh, we easy. can say we can say fuck on this podcast. Sure, but you you can hook it. To the if you if you aim right and then give it a little bit of hook as you know because you're you you bowl with two hands on your I ball do. <laughs> I bowl with one hand on my ball I'm 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 what's known as a cranker you're I'm a two-hander so if like in either scenario both both of us I would think like I in my experience you run in situations where it's a little dry yeah and if you hook it a little too much it rips off the edge of the lane it's you don't you dry and ripping that is bad news bad. <laughs> it is it is bad news bears cuz then you get beat by 80 year old women from the Polish Falcons yeah so cuz you gutter in, so much in that I changed the topic from tic tacs to bowling balls Going back to the Tic Tacs. Tic Tac UFOs. A buddy of mine. You know, we're in Grand Rapids, Michigan, so you think Baldwin and you start thinking Hicksville, USA. Right. So a buddy of mine has a cabin up there. And there's a great big put out by Nath's, uh, he's an alumni of uh, Michigan State. And they have on this lake this huge dock that's in the shape of a T that they can actually back trucks out onto and they stock this lake. Which is adjacent to my buddy's uh, lake where his cottage is. And there's only three cottages on the lake. And one of those wilderness state parks across the lake where you drop your money in the pipe and you can camp for whatever amount of time. So anyway, he's out laying on the dock one night and all these lights start moving. And he thinks, you know, the stars are moving. They, he's telling me the story and he goes, they're all moving, but they're all moving toward each other. So they all move toward each other. And he goes, there's a half a dozen of them. He didn't, I don't know if he counted them, but he goes, there's got to be a half dozen of them. And these things look like stars. He goes, so they're, they come together. And he goes, literally, they were together for 15 minutes. And he goes, all of a sudden, they all took off and went off in separate directions the hmm. same way they came. 
So this is his claim to fame as seeing UFOs. One of my old telescope buddies from years and years ago. Uh, so that's kind of one of those. I know a guy that saw some UFOs. And he's he's if he's a telescope guy, he's clearly familiar with the night sky. Oh, definitely. So yeah. so it's yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Hmm. That's, uh, yeah. I mean, so he was looking at this through a telescope? No, or no, no. no. This, is, this is laying on his back, probably having a beer on, yeah. this, on this dock that uh, Michigan State put out in this little private lake. And he's just watching these stars. All of a sudden, the stars hmm. are starting to move. And they go into one little spot. And he goes, you know, all of a sudden, they sat there for like 15 minutes. He, he's, he's thinking he's going nuts. And all of a sudden, they all broke apart and went off in different directions again. And he didn't and he, eat any mushrooms. <laughs> he didn't eat any mushrooms. He didn't smoke any herb. He just was having a beer. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah. So Didn't have any ganja. No. See, the, and then the, this is the thing. Commander Fravor talks about this on the podcast, but he said one of the reasons why he, you know, he a lot of people were asking him, like, you got back on the ship and where people must have been asking you about this. What? He's like, no, we're, we're military personnel. We... So we saw, we do, you know, they're very disciplined and they just go on with their business. And it wasn't until he came public with all this and the New York Times article came out in 2017 that people started calling him and all this. And what was the one he was talking about where there was uh, this woman that called him. She grew up in San Diego. Her father was in the Navy. Oh, she was like 80, yeah. 70, 80 years old. She came home or her, her father came home with a telegram and she said, can I see that? And she was young at the time, and the telegraph, her telegram said that there were vessels entering and exiting the water at rapid speeds without a splash. And the first question that Commander Fravor asked this woman, now old, um, when she kind of recited the story to him was, did you see what coordinates were on the telegram? Because he was wondering, like, yeah. and I also, I, I thought about that too. I, when, the, when I first saw this story or heard about the story, first thing, one of the first things I did was look at a map and... You know, they point out where they saw these things. And I'm looking, you're off the coast of San Diego, kind of getting into Mexico there. Is there something down there at the bottom of the ocean that is geologically of importance? Mariana's Trench. So, like, just out of curiosity. Yeah. I don't think there is, but... They've seen a lot of those kind of things over Mexico City, too. Some of the biggest observations have been over Mexico mm -hmm. City, so... And, like, a Phoenix, the Phoenix Lights is right. among the most seen that the phoenix lights is the most witnessed ufo sighting yeah or well are those alleged those, are those the lights that were just stationary in yes. the sky okay yeah and then they yeah. all darted off together in a fleet of what looked like a v so yeah there's a lot of stuff out there and then you get people he, he said one of the disadvantages of the new york new york times article is then you get people that are the ins, insane ufo geeks that call him and whatever but Ancient astronaut theory. The thing, yes. the thing that frustrates me is that, like, through the history of like time, as we we can go as far as we can go back, no one can really like truly like. There's no situation where you can even come into contact with whatever it is that is up there, or whatever it is that we don't know what what it is that's flying. Like, I mean, that's why we call them UFOs. But like, it's just frustrating that we can't even. There's no situation. Maybe there has been a situation where we have. We just don't know about it. But to you would think, with all the sightings and all this, all this evidence, all this, all the things that have happened, nobody of the general public or anything like that can has anything that like really holds water as far as like this was a you know we had more than one witness like other than Commander Fravor where there was like 
legit, you know, four different pilots right. that were seeing this, and then you know things like that that like, saw it up close with their naked eye, not just on radar, or not just like some kook who said oh, I got abducted, or like because you know you have two people that say they got abducted, or they you, you have two people that say oh yeah we saw this. You, you, you just, I don't know the credibility there is kind of a little bit diminished because you just don't know like okay well you know maybe you saw something you thought it was a ufo commander fravor was talking about times where they actually would imitate a ufo as a joke they would fly over campsites and turn their engine off and then hit the afterburners and like it it, like things like that just to like basically screw with people i think that was my favorite story yeah yeah he's talking about like they don't even do this anymore in the Navy. It's a qualification that no longer exists because it's too dangerous, but they would literally fly him and his uh, weapons operator in the back seat with night vision goggles. And they'd turn all of the lights off on the plane, and they'd just be flying in the jet in the desert. And this, I think it was the Superstition Mountains on the southern tail end of California where there's a lot of campers. And they could see campfires like way in the distance 50 miles jim lovell flying over uh, and losing his lights in the in the cockpit and trying to find the uh, uh aircraft carrier he's going to land on and followed the algae trail you know yeah that kind yeah. of thing it's, yeah like you yeah. can like it, when it's the dead of night and especially with the night vision goggle i can only imagine you can see stuff that far away so they would turn all the lights off on the plane kick the engine into idle totally silent <laughs> gliding in the jet and then they'd get above the camp campsite, just go vertical, rip it, turn the afterburners on. This blue light flares, and they'd get a bunch of UFO calls. But I mean, so I, get, do you, I mean, do you guys understand? Like, my point is that like it's just does this does this make sense? The, like, <laughs> like I guess like all of the sightings through time that as we know it, and no one's n- no large group of people have actually seen something land and like i mean to my knowledge i mean maybe there have been situations like that but i think we would have heard about them i think the biggest one was the phoenix sighting lately i mean there's been you know like i say mexico city there's roswell and all. when was the phoenix sighting 2007 Uh, seven yeah yeah. not too long ago but uh and then you might have ten thousand, you know tens of thousands of people that saw it but you also have instances where because tens of thousands of people saw it, and the military goes, oh, it must have been swamp gas. Oh, that must have been a radar anomaly. You know, it, there's no credibility. Now you actually have the U.S. government with their pilots saying, what the hell was that? Yeah. What the hell yeah. was that? So only just recently have you heard where there is credibility yeah. to something like that. But the- where in the past, it's like you, me, all of us go out in the, on David's deck, a Pub 39A's deck. And uh, you see something in the sky and go, hey, you know, and you call it in. And you're talking to the ancient astronaut theorists. <laughs> One of the uh, things, I think it was on the Fravor podcast with Joe Rogan that they talked about was the uh, biblical paintings. Yeah. Um, you see a, a crucifix and, and they've done a rendition of kind of what was happening at the time. You know, Jesus on the cross, Mary, blah, blah, blah. But then they've got two it, it almost looks like comets with guys in them, uh, like, come descending upon the scene. Uh, Matt's got it pulled up right here. I was going to say, however, that is just an artist in the right, probably right. 1500s, well after the time of Christ, saying, hey, I saw this. Maybe that's what this was. And he's he's doing a painting of 
marrying Christ saying, hey, maybe that's what it is. Maybe he's an alien, you know? So it's kind of like uh, artist rendition, but he's throwing yeah, in right. his theory. And he may have seen something and gone, hey, what if he yeah. might have been an early that, that ancient is, astronaut theorist? When they were thinking, when they were talking about that on the podcast with Freeber, that was the one thing I kept coming back to is they said most of them were like, re, you know, early revolution painting, 1600s, 1700s. And you're, you you kind of wonder you, you think artists our artists are very eclectic folks typically, um, but it does kind of you know you start to wonder it's a little bit interesting you see these things continually pop up in the in the history of time, and that is the weird thing it, like you like you said you have a friend that saw something and yeah. you, like and he was alone so who's I mean who knows who may have seen the same thing but was eighteen miles away or right. you know was on the next lake over you don't know but yeah. One and of those like, things that's no corroboration, yeah. and there wasn't a Navy pilot in the U.S. government saying, yep, we saw it. That's yeah. the interesting thing about the Tic Tac, is it's the first time that the Pentagon has said, like, this is real. This isn't a fake yeah, video. We saw it, and we don't know what the hell we it don't is. Know, we don't know what it is. It, yeah. They're not saying, oh, this is alien, this is Russian, this is China, whatever. They just yeah. don't know. Which, to Nate's theory, might lend itself to being, hey, this might be something that's U.S., but we don't know what it is, you know, giving it air quotes, going, hey, it's something we have, and we're showing it right now, but we don't know what it is. But yeah. Yeah. if you screw with us, we're going to turn it loose on you. you know? yeah. yeah, and I think one of the, the things they kept talking about in that podcast, or just in general, like the general forum of discussion that follows the when you watch that video, is if you have a, um, a craft that is taking in, well, it's, a non, it, it's not a reactive propulsion system. It's not taking in air and kicking it out the other side. It's just moving around freely. That would change human life forever if that was brought to the masses like that that would it's insane oh yeah some of the some of the people that i think actually have maybe a little bit more credibility even than even the military who have who have seen this with their naked eye would be you know the early astronauts that we've had yeah and like the gemini and mercury and apollo and all them and we've even had, you know, we, we, we basically, after they've come back, we've had some of the Apollo astronauts that are huge, like, advocates for this kind of stuff as far as getting the message out there. Like, yeah, there, there's definitely something else out there because there's, you think, okay, our military, as far as our, even our Navy, our Air Force, we're flying around in our atmosphere. And then you have our guys that are going to the moon. Mm-hmm. that are going for you know farther than or as far as humans have been before that's as as far as we've been is to the moon and they're seeing stuff along the way and they're and you're technically you know in my opinion you're in deep space at that point on the way to the moon i mean you're you're not you know really in deep space but it's as far as we've been in in space and and they have seen stuff and they've come back and you know like you look at edgar mitchell and you look at guys like that have come back and they're some of the biggest proponents for this whole thing as far as right you know talking to groups of people on it and and sharing stories about it and things like that i mean i don't think it's it's not a situation where they've come back and said oh no it's nothing you know i didn't really see anything a lot of them have come back and said yeah, there was stuff that we didn't know what was fly- floating around out there. Like we had no idea what or it was. They heard, yeah, or things they heard, or things like that. So, I think those and we're we're really, and we've talked about this before. It's like 
those guys are we're running out of time with those guys because there's not many of them around still to really could, tell us about them. You know? probably get one on the to, podcast. So, to piggyback <laughs> on that, I mean, you you look at uh, what we've done for Daisy Earth. Chain off of it. Daisy Chain, sorry. Uh, you look at Voyager 1, Voyager 2. That Voyager 1 is outside our solar system mm-hmm. now. So we have a drone out there outside the solar system. We can't do much with it, like the Tic Tacs, if they're drones. But look at where we'll be, you know, in 500 years. Look at what's changed in my lifetime, let alone my parents' lifetime and my grandparents' lifetime. Uh, something where my mom's family came from South Dakota in a wagon, a horse-drawn wagon to Wisconsin. And in that lifetime, they saw the first flights, my grandparents, to my folks seeing, and my grandmother actually, seeing a man land on the moon. In, in that short a period of time, where will we be 500 years from now? To, to go back to what we were talking about earlier, though, with what David was talking about, where, you know, you get into all this stuff with manned, unmanned. Uh, what about the moon? Like these guys are saying, you talk about the Apollo astronauts. They're saying they deliberately crashed the LEM into the moon post-ejection and going, coming back to the Earth. And they're, they've got the seismographs on the moon that are hearing this echo of sound, sounds like a gong, and it keeps gonging. So they're going, is the moon hollow? What's going on with the moon? So, and you, you hear other, you know, the whole conspiracy stuff on YouTube and all that, where, they, oh, there was something going on on the backside of the moon when they came around. They were like, what the hell was that? Or hey, yeah. there's something watching us. You know, you just have to kind of go... Is that stuff real or is, you know, what what's going on with that stuff? Yeah, know. there was that uh, the probe that they that NASA, I think it was within the last 10 years, it was like a probe that they just, all the, the mission was launch this thing into the moon. Like it's just crash it. And you have to wonder what the hell drove them to do that. If these guys are saying, hey, that, that, that kept echoing, what the hell is up with that? So now... And they said based on the way that it impacted the moon that they could seismographically tell, I guess, if that's a word... Uh, that there was potentially water ice in the core of the moon. So yeah. hmm. it's... Um, well, they've talked about the moon being hollow or having huge caverns in it and that kind of thing. So Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a, it's crazy. And you think about Saturn's moons or Jupiter's moons. Was it, Sat- was it Saturn's moon, which Io is the one that's just a ball of ice? Yeah, yeah the ice, yeah. Um, and there's geysers of water shooting out of it, they, they think. Um yeah. Jupiter, I think, is Io. Jupiter, yeah. Titan. Titan, Titan is the Titan. yeah yeah. Titan is the one that has the lakes of methane, right? Yeah. And it rains methane yeah. there. Yeah, I don't know. That's it, crazy. It it's just yeah. It's it's like frustrating to think about everything in general. Like think about the universe, the size of the universe, the size of our galaxy, the size of our solar system. It's it's like hard to fathom, and then. You just you have these situations where like we've had people with sightings and with things like that and like all through history, not one time have we I mean that we know of that like a, a normal citizen has like or a group of people that are you know maybe a group of fifty people in a city or whatever have actually physically like come into contact with something like saw something or something you know it's just like it's crazy to think well not only that but like yeah. if if we've been visited how the hell did they find us yeah you you think about the vastness of space and our our solar system being such a minute part of 
even the Milky Way, like you start thinking about, all right, we're going to, you know, look for radar or, or radio waves, you know, within other galaxies, see if we can pick anything up. Like it, it's so vast. I, I just can't even comprehend how you would narrow it down to, you know, a, a single planet. It, it for, just, for us, though, I mean, on that, to, to, to daisy chain on that. <laughs> so to, to go with that, uh, for us, even our astronomers now finding these exoplanets, they're looking for specific types of stars. To go, oh, oh there's yeah. one that uh, you know could, you know, harbor planets that may have a habitable zone, and they can look at stars that are like ours. But not, and, and, and even even with that, like, look at the the Milky Way. Like, how many billion stars are in the Milky Way? Hundred thousand light years, across. and and now they're saying it's way bigger than that. Yeah, they say four, um, upwards of four hundred. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're saying we're as big as the Andromeda Galaxy now. So. Yeah. So, how do you just start filtering through? I mean, you're looking at like a very very small fraction of that entire galaxy to look at maybe you know a million stars to see if one of them is is habitable that has a solar system around it so there's these guys called scientists that are bigger nerds than us (laughs) well (laughs) that probably drink really good beer it's sit there and look at folks it's a needle in a haystack i'm a very simple man a needle in about 20 haystacks like literally like it's seriously like it's so vast and it's all so spread apart it's hard to like just even fathom like you know i like the the actual people who go in and they actually like you said you know the actual scientists who spend time to do this you got to give them props for actually even coming up and finding something that they think in the night sky could be with whatever ridiculous telescope that they do have could be a habitable planet it's like it's crazy to think about but i don't know it's 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 so hard to actually just comprehend i guess to begin with that like you said nathan that something would even be able to find us yeah because we're we're a small planet we're not even that big of a planet you know, it, it it's not like we're a, a Jupiter. Or we're we're not even remotely as big as the, our sun. We're you could fit how many umpteen Earths in the sun, and our sun, in the grand scheme of our galaxy, isn't even in that big. No. So it it just it's and then very, and then I think small. yeah, and then I think about we've had, um, you know, Voyager was one of the missions that we wanted to actually go explore our own solar system. But Voyager also was a mission to see if they could actually find a signal from something else right. as well, as as well as studying our own solar system and getting a close-up image of our own planets. And that Voyager... Was a, that was a big project yeah. to see if we could uh, actually use the gravity of other planets to keep going in space because there's no propulsion system and it's a very, very minute propulsion system. And that was back when I was a kid. They launched those two. And the mission was to get as many close-up photographs as they could of the outer planets. And now they are outside the solar system. And they've done it mostly on gravity pulls. Yeah, you know? yeah. So the calculations it took, you talk about your brain melting. Who the hell thought that up? I Crazy. Mean, 
Yeah, so I, I go out and do my job and, and run machinery and that kind of thing, but I look at these guys that go figure out, okay, if we launch it here at this speed and we you know, go around Mars and we go around Jupiter and we Slingshot, go around Saturn, yeah, you know. and, and it eventually ends up going past Pluto, which we finally got good pictures of Pluto for, right. you know, in the yeah. past just five years. And you look at that and go, holy crap, as many years as, we, as we've looked to find these things, and now there's actually like close-up pictures. So it's and like, they put the golden record on Voyager, which has music from all continents and countries and, and things like that that we, we could potentially share with another civilization. So they put all those things, like that, the goal of that was to explore our own solar system, and then also, if we made contact with something, we got a signal from something that that would, in you know, in turn, actually you know, had, had an etching. On yeah, it too, had, a man and a woman. And, yeah, had had more or less like something to give whatever found it, Voyager, a a sense of like what we were, and to to our knowledge, to the general public's knowledge, we don't even know if it actually had. I mean, it might have, and it's the only thing that has gone out of our solar system that is technically what we considered deep space right now it's the only thing that's out of our solar system actually in deep space this thing's taken a picture of the entire solar system as it's been from afar on its yeah, way out yeah. from afar so yeah and you, you think know. about like you said the etchings of a man and a woman think about the, like if there was a civilization behind the tic tac or whatever and they came across the voyager they might look at that and to them that's hieroglyphics right that's like what we would consider as just this cave paintings yeah cave paintings yeah. And they're like, what? This is, they're so far behind us. Yeah, we were, we were so egomaniacal that we thought that they could put it on a, a 33 LP and put it onto a record player somewhere. Yeah. Which, yeah. which, which is actually what they sent out there was something that you could play in that manner. So you would have to find a civilization so advanced that they could figure out what the heck the thing actually was right. and then decipher what's on it. Yeah. And to, like, yeah, that, that's the thing is, to our knowledge, nothing has come into contact with it. But there may be the people... In, well in, after our time. Well, well, and that there might have been something that has come into contact with it that we just don't know about that hasn't been released to us. Because you think about all the like all these stories and our topic tonight, and all of the sightings and the close-up encounters in our own atmosphere, and then you think we send something out that far. And I know... If in the grand scheme of things, the Voyager is relatively small, but it's in, extremely it, small. Yeah, in 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 a in a deep space environment, but it still hasn't, to our knowledge, really gotten a signal back from anything. So, like, right? You know, yeah, and that's the crazy thing too is it's just going to keep going and going and going. And as primitive as we were when we sent it out, I mean, you know. Who knows when it will actually send a signal back saying, "Hey, I found something." Well, you, you, you know, you say primitive uh, as we were when we sent it out, but also, you know, humans. What do we say? We use like ten percent of our brain power or something like that. If there is an advanced civilization that uses even thirty, sixty percent of their brain power, how much further behind them are we? You know, we're the ants, and, and like yeah. Matt said, we're the ants yeah. crawling around on the ground. I mean, yeah. uh, if you if you look at my big issue with the whole space thing, and I and I have no problem with what we're doing, absolutely don't. I want to go to Mars, want to do the whole thing, 
Loved it when we went to the moon. Got to stay home and do the whole Mercury and Gemini. My folks would let me stay home from school for every single launch. But to look at that whole program, and, and it'll take us a long time to get here, but at some point in time, we will have the technology to go catch Voyager. We will pass Voyager as mm -hmm. we go out of our solar system, yeah. which is kind of a mind-boggling thing to think about, too. You know, by the time we, I, I would guess we'll, I'll be gone, you guys probably would be, and maybe two or three generations yet before we get that kind of technology to go pass Voyager on the way out of the solar system. And you could recapture Voyager, put it in the capsule, and bring it back to Earth. Yeah, yeah. you think about it from like a futurism standpoint or a, a technologist standpoint, like Elon Musk, you know, clearly is one of the leading technologists. The man who fell to Earth. Yeah. <laughs> um, you look at the announcement that his update he just had with the Starship vehicle. That was, he pulled that out of nothing. Like, th that thing was built in Boca Chica, Texas. And right. they're about, they're going to launch it in the next month to yeah. orbit. Did like, you just say Butter Chica? Boca Chica. Oh, Butter oh, Chica. Butter Chica. Butter Cheek, Texas. Butter Chica, Texas. <laughs> it was built in Butt Cheek, Texas. That's <laughs> right. We launched it off of Butt Cheek. We, we was about to launch it off a of butt cheek. So now that we're all finishing our uh, vintage ale, I'm thinking it's hitting us. <laughs> no, no. Well, he's no. not quite done yet. Yeah, he's got a little bit more to go. He's got two well, more. Well, as we know, I'm a nursing major. But, um, but the start but it is tasty enough to nurse. It is yeah. very like I wish I would have nursed mine because yeah, that was incredible, incredible beer. But the Starship thing is crazy. The fact that that thing the it looks so just put together. Like it's all like individual steel panels. And he says, well, this is Mark one by Mark four. It I'm going to have all rolled steel. It'll be one. Looks like the 1950s flash Gordon. Yeah, totally does. Yeah. And it's wild that they're going to take that, what he updated everyone with, and they're going to launch that within the next month to orbit is insane. And then the Mark two, they, well, actually I think they're launch. I don't think they're orbiting. They're launching it up into space, and they're going to take it back down. And then Mark II will be actually orbiting Earth. And then he says by Mark four or five, then they're going to put people in it. I was going to say, I just saw something a day or two ago about going a manned mission out of the United States in 2020. Yeah. And I don't know if it was Elon or what program it was. Well, that what? was, yeah. What? I mean, his whole his whole thing, with the, um, the Dragon... On top of Falcon 9, was it was supposed to launch humans to the, the ISS this summer. Yeah, the Crew in Dragon. August. I was just about Crew to Dragon. ask. Yeah. That, that was I was, was about to ask, like, well, I, I haven't heard an update on that recently. They, they had a huge but, setback when they had the everything set. They had literally, they had a set launch in August of this year, like a couple months ago. But then they did the one final test where the Crew Dragon was just, it was a stationary test. It was a hold down test. And it blew up on the pad. Right. And they said, we're, we, we're set back now. So... But but the Crew Dragon is very much a uh, transit vehicle for on top of the Falcon Nine for going to the ISS and things like that. When that happens, that's going to be crazy because it's the first time a third party organization is sending a vehicle to the ISS. So what's what's the deal with the Falcon Heavy? I haven't heard anything about the Falcon Heavy in a while. Are they they're they're almost kind of phasing the Falcon Heavy out for, for the Starship for, yeah. for the Starship because they're focused on that the most. From what I can tell, the Falcon I mean, you Heavy can was. Me, but. Yeah, I mean, so they launched the first one, and then that was a test, and then the second one was actually an, uh, a paid mission, the Arab Sat. 
So there was a, a bunch of satellites in the capsule and they, in the payload, I should say, and they launched it. It was a very heavy load and it worked perfectly. They landed the two side cores and the center core. And, but I think that the Falcon Heavy is a step in the evolution towards Starship. I, oh, okay. It almost seems like they're kind of abandoning yeah. Falcon Heavy. They, they, I mean, it was just like a this is a step towards the Falcon Heavy, or sorry, the Starship. Because if you, yeah, the Starship, it, it's insane. Like just the Starship alone, that has six boosters. Uh, what they say, three um, land level boosters, and then three vacuum like space boosters, and then the actual booster of the Falcon or of the Starship will have thirty-seven Raptor engines. Yeah. Which is their new engine that's supposed to be ridiculous, just insanely powerful. I, I think the plan is to keep using Falcon Heavy. As far as like a payload, yeah, machine. as a transit machine. So like they can send people up into the space station. They can do you know other missions where that are uh, maybe, uh, you know, like a, a whatever you know like a, they have a customer like literally like commercial type. Yeah. Heavy like, lift hey, operations. You know, hey, uh, you know, NASA wants us to, or the military wants us to send a satellite up. They're going to keep using it for that, as far as I can tell. Yeah. I don't know but, that they would need that, though, yeah. to put anybody in the space station. No, the Falcon they, 9 would totally do that. that yeah, they only yeah. need the Falcon 9. The Crew Dragon can sit. They've done the Crew Dragon. That was at, uh, was it last, I don't, know, I don't know, the month, but they, they've sent the Falcon 9 with the Crew Dragon and it rendezvoused unmanned with the ISS. That right. was a huge moment. And now, um, yeah, the Falcon 9 can get to the ISS without any issues. The Falcon Heavy is like you're, you want to send a big payload into space. Right. Like many, many tons. And uh, it, it just, like the, the start, what, what Elon said at the update was insane. He said the only thing limiting him or his company with the Starship is the production of the Raptor rockets for the, uh, for the booster. Right now they're making one Raptor rocket or booster, like engine every four to six days, which is oh. crazy. He said he, he'd like to get it on a scale where they're producing one every one and a half days. Wow. So so what I would like to see actually would be something more like Elon or somebody getting into what I saw in the 50s as a kid, the pinwheel type space station. Or more recently for you guys, the movie The Martian, Andy Weir. Yeah. To go to Mars and you actually have a false gravity, which you would need to go that kind of duration in space. I mean, mm -hmm. they, they've shown that with uh, the astronauts now having you know, their eyesight changes from zero G, that kind of thing. It would be interesting to see somebody do something like that, which they tried to do on, I think it was one of the Gemini missions or one of the early Apollo missions where they had the uh, tether out to... Uh, I don't even know what the heck they had on the tether, but they tried to do something on a tether, like they were going to try to create a, a gravity hmm. on a tether, and the tether snapped. Well, and, I, and that was also a UFO sighting. When the tether snapped, and they were tracing the tether, because it was like a mile long. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And they, they saw... Disc, yeah, some type of disc or object like floating around the tether. That like. was uh, it was a space shuttle mission. Was it? A shuttle? Yeah. yeah, it yeah. was a shuttle. Okay. okay. And the shuttle had a tether, and it was like fifty miles long. So it's yeah. a cable tether, and it was massive, like bigger than this entire room yeah. in diameter. Just massive cable, and it snapped, and they lost the payload. And but all the while they're like filming these like discs or whatever, and they, these analysts are think there's a lot of theories that like. 
there's these, these alien civilizations that these discs are full of water and they're <laughs> they're trying to send us fresh water it's crazy like People, people definitely go nuts that, with the theories. That's one of the things I was going to actually, just to tie us back into the, the theme of the night, is that you would think, like, the people, like, some of the experiments that they have going on on the space station, like, there's a lot of uh, tests on how, you know, our organic materials and our, our life that we have, like, plants and th- things like that can survive in space because they're testing that to go to mars yeah so they're doing a lot of tests with that kind of stuff like you know how does the plant react to this how does the plant uh, how does this substance react to this substance but you would think and i i would assume that if we have people like commander fravor that are coming back with these not just him but like the navy in general like seeing these things for a couple of weeks Mm-hmm. The USS in, in the Princeton. Shout out to the Princeton. Like you would think that the space station probably is doing a lot of studying and probably has seen a lot of stuff flying into the atmosphere. And yeah. from a and that that's from a high level standpoint where it's like okay, yeah, like literally a high level standpoint. Like they're literally it's orbiting. A guy's eye view, yeah. yeah, they're they're orbiting like and and, and you you see a lot of like. And, I, I, you can go on YouTube and you can watch live feed of the space station orbit. And there are people on there, like, sometimes I'll go on there if it's a live feed. And there'll, there'll be situations like people will comment on there and be like, well, yeah, this one time they had a live feed and they cut it out because there was something floating down into the atmosphere or something like that. Like, you would think that that would be, that's something that's, like, being studied. Like, they're watching... If we're seeing it in our ocean or around our ocean off the coast of Mexico, San Diego, that they're definitely looking at it and tracking it from the space station. Like, yeah, the bird's eye view of everything. Yeah. You know, seeing stuff coming you know. down. Yeah. And you wonder what the, you wonder what they see. And there's a lot of the, the legitimately you can go on YouTube and you can watch stuff and there's stuff, whether that's just debris from whatever vehicle that they're in whether it's you know whatever like i i don't know what it is but there's stuff that is floating around pretty precariously like throughout like around earth when when they're orbiting in you can kind of you can see it everywhere so you never know there there could be something that the i would just love to like talk to somebody that's been on the space station and just get their input and just a little bit of an insight on like what they've actually seen because they can see li- literally everything you know and you would think even if it's the size of a tic tac which this commander forever was saying is about the size of a hornet 40 feet long you know yeah, you would think yeah, you'd yeah. still be able to see something right, it, even yeah. if it you know even if those are little ships that are coming down from a big ship you never know yeah. They said that about the Apollo guys, too, though. They said on, I don't recall what mission it was, if it was uh, 12 or it was one of the earlier ones, 14, some obviously not 13, but they said that they cut the audio feed for about 20 minutes. And, oh, we lost contact, Walter Cronkite, you know, making excuses, and they went on into their whole, you know, CBS thing. 
and they said they cut it because their astronauts were talking about what they were seeing at the time. Yeah. So uh, you got to wonder yeah. what those guys have seen, yeah, even for sure. with yeah. the Apollo guys. You know, let's get one on the podcast. I think you should. Charlie Duke, yeah. Jim Lovell. Yeah, let's get one. Jim Lovell, Charlie Duke. Let's reach Mike out. Collins. Do a oh, roundtable. Mike Collins would be hilarious. Yeah, it'd, it'd be, be great. <laughs> Buzz Aldrin. Oh man. Hey, yeah. if you're listening, Buzz. I love you, Buzz. You want to join? You want to we'll join? We'll tweet at you, Mike. Mike Collins has been to the far side of the moon. Yes. Has seen probably stars that you and I will never see in our lifetime. Naked eye. Naked eye. You know, that guy's probably had sensations, has seen things that no other... I mean, he's just he's one of however many guys we've had go to the moon that have been the, been the guy designated to... Fly the command module yeah. while the other two are walking on the moon. Let's get them on. Like you one, know. well, like one of your favorites who has since passed away, Gene Cernan, Apollo seventeen. Oh yeah. Uh, looking back at the Earth and when he was being interviewed, and I, it was one of the interviews you showed me, David, and uh, he was talking about you know I looked back and it wasn't something religious con- connected to some religion. It was spiritual. You look back and you look at this little blue planet with this little thin, tiny atmosphere around it and go, something had something to do with that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Just... Something made that. That didn't happen by accident, you know. We yeah. talked about this yeah. on Wednesday. We did, yeah. Uh, like, it doesn't matter, you know, if, if there are aliens out there, if, if there's life forms on millions of other planets, something made this happen. And, it, you know, not to get all religious with everybody but like it didn't just come to be if it was just a big bang at one point which it it seemingly was something made that bang happen and something made all the life happen yeah we didn't didn't just come as random as it seems you look at that the 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 map i was talking about the astrophysicists have made the big bang the dark ages they have the scale the big, there's nothing before the Big Bang. No. It's like you look, you, you think about before that, and you're just thinking, well, what could have created this? Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, we, it's, it's We are wild. stardust. It's wild. It's wild. It really racks your brain. It just makes you think. So, I think a good way to wrap out this podcast may be bringing it back to the Tic Tac. There's three options. It's not real. It's a bunch of garbage. It's and it's Russia, China, somebody on the planet Earth that has this, or it's no. alien technology. Let's take a vote. There, there's a fourth option. It's well, just the it's a well it's a can of Coors. Just Matthew, <laughs> Matthew. It's a giant can of Coors. Well, Matthew, hold that thought. Okay. Envision this floating above the ocean. That's what Dave, I'm saying. David's this is a Coors Light can. That's what I'm saying. It looks like a Tic Tac. It looks like a Tic Tac. What if it's Coors Light? It's just a giant a can. It's like massive a massive promo. Like 40,000 gallons of Coors Light just flying around. Who knows? I think... What's your opinion, David? What's your opinion, David? Yeah, go for it. My opinion is that it's Coors Light. <laughs> no. My, <laughs> my opinion is that I think it's... I... My mortal human being wish it was I I think I I wish it was just a country on this earth planet earth I wish it was a country I wish it was but I think my instinct like my gut feeling is that it's something not on earth it's otherworldly it's otherworldly but like 
I think as humans, we, we all want to like go to a mindset where we can find a reason for it. Oh, that was just a, you know, a blip in the sky or it was like a, you know, a shooting star or whatever the hell you want to talk. Yeah. We talk always bring, own. we always want to bring it back yeah, to our we, own. We, we want to bring it thing. down to our own, like what we know, our daily what, life, we, what yeah. we can comprehend. Yes. We want to bring it down to what we can actually comprehend. And what we can actually fathom. But I think at the end of the day, you have to go with what you, what facts you have. And it, it, the facts are that we don't have that technology. We don't know anything about that technology. We have U.S. Navy pilots, Air Force pilots. Like, they're all, like, we have situations like that where they just don't know what the hell it is. We have a guy who has worked at, a subset of Area 51 that, or a, like a, a, a base within Area 51 that has claimed to have seen these things up close and all that kind of stuff. Like, we've had multiple, multiple sightings from people. We had the Phoenix sighting. We had all those, all those kind of kinds of things. And we've had Apollo astronauts who I find are the most, to me, I look up to those guys the most. And those guys are really like my life idols because they've been further than any human being has ever been. And when they've come back, they've, they're changed people because of that experience. And a lot of them have come back and said, yeah, yeah, we, we saw stuff, There's something you know? Else. So, There's you know, I, I tend to believe that maybe in this case, the Tic Tac to your point, to your, yep. to answer your question, the Tic Tac, I feel like is definitely not from planet earth. Okay, Race Chaser, what's your opinion? The Tic Tac specifically? Okay, uh, so going back to my ancient astronaut theory, <laughs> earlier, it, you know, is it a hologram? Is it something that is from Earth that somebody, the U.S., has and they're experimenting with that they can just completely freak out other countries and do something like that and make it disappear, reappear, However, at that point, you have to have a really, really good hologram because it appears on radar. Right. And ships can track it out at sea and that kind of thing. So do I think it's from somewhere else? If it is, I think it's been here a really long time. Yeah, I agree. I, I think that uh, it's not something that just showed up since we admitted that the U.S. Navy pilots just right. saw. If Didn't it's been show here, up in the 50s in it's area been 51. here for a really long time. So you, but so, do you think it's otherworldly? Uh, I don't know. I haven't seen it, but and and nobody, none of us have. exactly. And you know, to uh, the the pilot you guys keep naming, and I don't know his name. Frayer, yeah. yeah. So he saw it, and he is a legit, you know, very intelligent guy. They don't put people in seventy million dollar planes for nothing. And he's looking at, and I, and I have an old friend that's a Navy pilot. Uh, those guys are very, very sharp guys. And when he says, I don't know what it was, and it, it sure wasn't something that I've ever seen, and I don't think it's from here, you got to wonder. Yep. What, whether I will lay claim to thinking it's from somewhere else, if it is, it didn't just get here. Yep, that's a good point. Nathan, what's your opinion? I would agree, I would agree with Dad. Uh, it, it didn't just Race come here. Your dad. Race chase your dad. It didn't just come here. Uh, it's been here. And it definitely is not from Earth. Um, I, I, it doesn't change any of my um, 
views of, of you know religion or anything like that it it uh, it definitely to me it has been here for a long time whether it's observing us or whatever if it's manned unmanned I don't I really don't know but uh, that kind of technology isn't something that exists on earth and whether it's you know we talked about it, the anti-gravity theory propulsion system if it if it's that it, it may exist somewhere else I mean we only know what exists on earth and the surrounding areas, but uh, certainly, you know, those, those limits aren't constricted to the entire universe. So um, my theory is that, that it's from elsewhere and that uh, in some way, somebody, some being knows that we're here, um, whether they're going to, you know, uh, come out and, and acknowledge us or we're going to come out and, and, and acknowledge that they visit us I don't know but I, I definitely feel like there is something else out there that that has visited us uh, and that I think probably is a, in, a higher intelligent life form or a more advanced life form than we are Matt yeah. what do you think so my opinion is very similar to yours I think it's definitely otherworldly I think it is not anything that China Russia has it just is so advanced based on what we've heard observationally from Commander Fravor and others. And I, I think to agree with Race Chaser, it is something that has not been here for just the last 50, 70, 100 years. It's been here for a long time. And, um, and I think going on what you said, it doesn't change my opinion, my spiritual opinion, my religion. What, it doesn't change that at all. Because if you look at the scale of the universe and you look at that big bang like we were saying something created the big bang absolutely so to me that doesn't change anything for me a lot of people think that oh well as soon as aliens are acknowledged all all religions on earth are totally debunked no i don't think that's necessarily the case at all um because we, what we said on wednesday like some something created those things yeah. those beings the bang didn't happen on its own yeah yeah so so but but i do think that it is otherworldly so uh, it, is a, it is a wild observation. It's the first time, like we said before, that the Pentagon, that the U.S. government has acknowledged this is something we don't know. And we're actively trying to figure that out. And it's, uh, it's scary in some ways, but it's also really cool. Um, just, wanna, ho- just hope they're friendly. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think it's, it's from what the observations that Fraber stated, they seem very observational. Um, the fact that they're jamming his radar is a little bit like... A little bit weird. I don't know. It's just kind of one of those things that it's a little bit different, like Speaking spectrum. If you put it in, <laughs> that's the aliens. Talking. They're listening to yeah, us. I was gonna say we had a little uh, iPhone intervention it's there. Siri, Siri's an alien. Siri <laughs> is the Tic Tac. But no, I I think it's very observational. I don't think there's like malicious intent. I don't think it's like in the movies where it's you know, um, what's that one movie? Independence Day. Independence Day. I don't think it's that. I think it's very like observational. It's could, it's a strange thing though. Yeah. Hold that thought. It could be like signs. Could be like where signs. they're waiting to harvest our planet. That would be scary. That would be. That would be a little bit scary. That would be terrifying. Going back <laughs> that to would, my point, I hope they're friendly. Yeah. I hope they're friendly. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah. And and I, like the theory, the it's a little off the wall, sure. But the fact that the one theory that the, the Tic Tac was observing whale migrations and whatever, that would be a great theory. If, yeah. if that's all they're doing, they're just like here to check us out. They're like, oh, wow, this is how life 
progressed on the planet Earth. Yeah, this is might, crazy. They might be not even see us as like the supreme being on Earth. Like if, if you know if if that theory is true, and, yeah. and they're looking at whale migration. You look at the research that's been done on orcas and stuff. They, yeah. Orcas, they say, are like the next smartest being. They might be more interested in that than they are in us. Well, I mean, not to keep dragging this out, like, I know we're trying to do our final thoughts, but you would think, like, they would be observing a lot of the larger cities. Like, you would think you would see lights over New York City, or we Mm -hmm. we would see things like that, where they're they're curious as to, like, the, the larger cities that are more populated, like, that they would be focused on, though, like, Unless they don't want to be detected. That's, yeah. that's, was, that's the thing. They, and that's the know? thing. It's yeah. like, why? But the, I don't know. The thing that screws with my head is like, why wouldn't they want to be like, obviously they don't want to be detected. If they're jamming radar, yeah. if they're doing all this kind of other stuff, like that's the thing that just like, what are you doing? Like, what are you guys doing? Like, what, what, what's the, like, it really screws with us because it's like, like you said, we don't use that much of our brain. Maybe they're like, they have an alter motive, like where they're, they're, like really like studying everything and they're planning something i don't know like they don't want to be detected because of that i don't know but yeah it is a incredibly interesting topic a fun topic to talk about especially among guests race chaser nathan awesome topic i'm gonna go sit outside and look up even if it's raining (laughs) let's go find sleep tight everyone (laughs) let's go let's go look up and find yourself in tight i I feel honored to be once again on the on the uh, podcast it was oh, fun. Me too. Oh, cheers. I've been waiting 26 episodes cheers. for this. Cheers. Cheers, cheers my friends. Cheers. The course lights that we have left here. We'll do it again cheers. soon. Yeah. But for, for those listening, you can uh, find us on any of our social media outlets. Uh, we're at Eclipse on Tap on Instagram and Twitter. Make it nice and simple. It's the same, at Eclipse on Tap. You can also find us on the website, eclipseontap.space. Or if you're old school and you want to send us an email about your UFO sighting, eclipseontap at gmail.com. Hit us up. If you've had a UFO sighting, if you have a photo of anything, an encounter, a story that you want to tell us, hit us up you at our abducted. email. Send us a photo on Instagram, through Facebook, through email, anything you want to do. We would love that because then we can talk about it and we can yeah. uh, give you a shout out. So For sure. Yeah, yeah definitely hit us up. And uh, with that said, episode 26 has come to an end. And we definitely appreciate if you've listened all the way. We'll be back with you in November crazy crazy already in november uh for episode 27 that much closer to the next eclipse that's 2024 is upon us it's getting closer every month time to plan that pilgrimage (laughs) yes gotta keep it fluid time to play (laughs) (laughs) and with that said cheers cheers we'll see you next time